People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello, and I hope you've all had a great week. Right, I'm on my own today because Andy's actually at his daughter's wedding, so congratulations to them. It's going to be a short show. I've got a little story about the strange death of James Moon. And then I've got a story from Tyson, who is a member of our um, Realm of the Supernatural podcast hangout on Facebook. And he tells he told his story on there, but you know he came on to tell it in, in person, because I was going to read it out myself, but... Luckily, he came on, so it's always better if you know the person tells it themselves, I suppose. So, Tyson comes on later, just tell us his ghost story and UFO story. So, look out for that shortly. Uh, just before we get into the moon story, I just wanted to read out some reviews. We've got reviews from all over the world, uh, actually, this week. The first one comes by the way of the American iTunes, and it says, Fun, fun, spooky, five stars, and this is from The Crazy Cowgirl. Now she says, and I like this, she says, I admit it at first, I didn't care too much for this podcast. (laughs) Not the only one. One day, I decided to give it another try, and I was hooked. Thank you for a great podcast. That is both fun and scary. I enjoy listening all the time. Keep up the good work. So I like that one, because like she says, she, she didn't like us at first. Tried us again. Okay. These ones come from Australia. Um, this one's interesting. Some of you will have seen this on Facebook. It says, good content, bad grammar. Five stars. We get five stars. This is from Aussie81. I like the content, but I won't be listening to any more podcasts as your grammar is atrocious. If I hear nothing one more time, I might actually scream. <laughs> uh, well, you know, from Grimsby, so it is what it is. Uh, another one by Laura11 uh, from Australia again is Brilliant 5 Stars. This one says, After listening to a few other paranormal podcasts and getting bored with the same old, same old, I gave this one a go. So happy I did. The guys keep you captivated with their strange stories, history, personal experiences, interesting guests, paranormal news and much, much more. It is also nice that they don't throw religion into it. They put facts first, not faith, which is refreshing. They really work well together, and there is never any bickering if one believes differently to the other. Well, not on air anyway. It took me about two episodes to learn their language. Hmm? I mean accents. Haha. <laughs> but I've grown to love it. Keep it up. No, sorry. Keep up the great work, guys. Don't change a thing. So fantastic, can't say further than that. And this one comes, this is our first uh, New Zealand review. And again, if you leave a review somewhere in the world, if you can message me on Facebook or email me to let me know you've left it because I only have access to certain iTunes and they're all different. I can't even see the Irish iTunes from the UK, it's that that bizarre. Anyway, uh, this comes from, uh, well, I'm not, this is not really a name, it's LK. J A S D F D D F G 
H, G, F, G, whatever. Anyway, so this one just says, which I like, I happen to like the swearing. Five stars. And then it just says, informative and funny. Great job, guys. So thank you very much for those uh, from all around the world. Obviously, if you can, keep those coming in. I do believe you can leave reviews on Stitcher now, so that makes it easier for Android people. Obviously, if they use Stitcher. If not, then obviously there's no help at all. Uh, but keeping them coming in, they, they mean the world to us. Uh, we can't thank you enough for those. Right, so let's get on with the show. Do the moon story first, and then after that, I'll go straight into the interview with Tyson. These events begin on Saturday, June 10th, 1876, when James Moon, a 37-year-old farmer at the time, a former blacksmith, self-proclaimed inventor and Civil War veteran, left his small farmhouse and his wife Mary and two children from his rural Union Township and headed to Lafayette. He jumped on his horse and wagon and travelled the nine miles to Lafayette. On reaching Lafayette, the horse was really struggling to pull the wagon because it didn't just bear the driver, Mr. Moon, who was a bearded man, dressed in his farmer's clothing, complete with hat. But this wasn't the reason the horse was straining. The horse was straining because it was pulling the wagon, which was filled with heavy trunks. Now these trunks bore the load of your casual inventor. Everything from 30-inch lengths of 1b6 lumber, a wooden soapbox, assorted screws, leather straps, a brace, a wrench, screwdrivers, a candle, a few yards of lightweight cord, matches and pencil. Our moon arrives in Tippy Canoe courthouse the square in Lafayette and tries to find accommodation he walks up the busy marketplace on 5th and enters the La House a well-known hotel on Main Street Moon was lucky because the proprietor Otter Weekly had a few rooms to rent even though most of the rooms were taken up by workers and as well as a few permanent lodgers such as businessmen and merchants. Now Moon was insistent that he needed a quiet room. He said he had trouble sleeping in noisy areas, so he wished to be away from all noise, preferably somewhere at the back of the hotel, ideally near an alley. So the clerk showed him a few rooms. Moon finally settled on room number 41. This room was on the third floor near the south end of the La House. It overlooked the marketplace, and Moon was said to have said, when he was shown the room, this suits me first rate. Now the room was modest, it was 12 by 14 feet, had a window opening west looking on 5th street, a door in the south wall opening to the adjoining room, number 40, another in the east wall opening onto the hall. A bed, a washstand and a table were all that furnished the room. Now Moon hadn't been in the room long when he locked up and left and he took a walk down the block to Isaac L. Beach Hardware store near 4th and Main where Moon purchased a razor sharp broad axe head minus the handle 
The axe head itself was 12 inches of blade. He had it wrapped and then took it down to Thomas and Hardin and Sons foundry, where he asked them if they could drill holes into the axe head and then bolt on two two inch iron plates. On being requested to do this, the foundry man asked Moon for an explanation as to what this was for. Moon explained, I'm an inventor and the instrument is going to be used in the making of fruit baskets. On arriving back to the La House, Moon asked the porter by the name of John Kane and a couple of others to help him unload his wagon. They carried up the heavy trunks to room number 41. Moon was clear to caution the porters not to jostle the trunks. When asked why, he said because inside the trunks was some important invention that he needed to paint them. When arriving at the room, Moon gave very clear and precise instructions as to where to put the trunks. The men duly obliged and left the trunks exactly in the spots Moon had asked. Again, it wasn't long after this where Moon was seen leaving the hotel. He headed into the streets on a nice warm warm evening, going from bar to bar, meeting with a few Civil War comrades and enjoying a cheerful evening of reminiscing with old friends. Later that night, sat the evening, about 8 or 9, he returned to his room and after this point Moon was never seen alive again. For on Sunday afternoon, this would be June 11th, the maid by the name of Bridget Colgan tried to rouse Mr. Moon in room 41. Knocking on the door a few times and shouting that she needed to come in and clean and straighten the room. Unfortunately she got no response so she decided she would try again later. 5pm Sunday she came back for a second try. She found the room was still locked. Knocking and shouting at the door she she assumed Moon was out. So she decided to enter by the adjoining room which was number 40. She had a pass key and she let herself into the room and then through the adjoining room into number 41. Then she screamed in horror at the sight she saw. A few doors down the hall, a travelling salesman from Cincinnati, a Lafayette businessman, Harry C. Tierney, heard the blood-curdling screams from the maid and run to assist. They entered room 41 and the men saw Moon's body strapped to the wooden floor. His head had been cleanly severed off by the blood-splattered broadaxe that was now bolted to a six-foot-long wooden arm. Moon had made a crude guillotine. The Lyre House clerks called the authorities and shortly the county coroner, Mr. Dr. William W. Vinedge, arrived. For two days, Dr. Vinedge 
studied Moon's suicide from every angle. It was clear the inventor had created one last invention, a mechanism not to make fruit baskets, but a portable, functional guillotine. The components Moon had brought with him in the heavy trunks. The coroner recalls that one end of the wooden arm fashioned from the 1B6 lumber swung on a hinge that was screwed directly to the floor. The two inch thick iron bars Moon had bolted onto the broad axe weighted the far end. Moon had measured up things precisely, then laid down on his back, strapped himself down, waited for the axe to fall upon his throat. Moon had even put a 50 inch block of wood under his neck to make a solid place for the blade to hit. Investigators marvelled at his ingenuity and how he had calculated the drop. He had fastened the metal ring that most people use to hang pictures up with to the wooden arm. Then through it he had passed the length of cord. He'd set a small La House candle holder over the windowsill, then put his own candle in, then ran the cord past the candle and tied it to the window frame. Moon had hinged the axe arm to about 45 degrees, tightened the cord enough to hold the arm in place, then lit the candle. Underneath the now taut cord, then let it burn down which could have taken several minutes to singe. Using this time, he strapped himself down to the floor, put his head inside the soap box, then soaked a cloth in chloroform, and laid it over his nose, then waited. After a passage of time, the candle burned through the cord, and the axe fell, lopping off Moon's head. Now the verdict was simple for the jury to pass, death by suicide, owing no doubt to the mental instability of the crazy man. Some people found Moon's elaborate mechanical genius to be quite brilliant. Some of Moon's family and friends related how he had vowed that someday he'd do something that will cause people to talk about him. Obviously that was not making a machine that made fruit baskets. So he did inevitably achieve his goal of getting people to talk about him. And still they do to this day. Moon is buried a mile east of his home in a farmer's institute cemetery which is at the present junction of Tippecanoe County Road 375 West and 660 South in case you wish to visit. What a way to go. Well, uh, I should say thank you for uh, joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Where, where exactly are you? Because I didn't realise you was in the States. Um, I'm in Utah. It is. Yeah. So uh, 
seeing as I've woke you up, should we get this shit on the road? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no worries. I was already waking up. Yeah. Right. You want to start by telling me your UFO story? Mm-hmm. So it was back in 2005. I was... I'm 26 right now, so I think I was around 13 years old. Um, me and my friend, we we really liked paranormal stuff and UFOs, and like we'd go outside every once in a while when I went over to his house, and we just like sit around and you know look for UFOs out in the outside when we could see the stars. Yeah, um, so we had one night where uh, where we were just hanging out outside. It was probably around eight or nine so pretty dark and we were just um jumping around on his trampoline if, if you know what a trampoline is yeah yeah uh, so we were jumping around and like we look up and we see this triangle uh, object it was just this huge this big triangle it was pretty far away but it, we just see it because it was blocking out all the stars uh, around it and behind it and everything and it just kind of just flew away. So we're just like, holy crap, we just saw a UFO. And so we run around into, you know, tell his parents and everything. And I guess that kind of started, um, really started us, like, looking for UFOs, um, like, for real. Like, before it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I like UFOs. I watch videos and stuff. But, like, that was, like, the first time we actually saw something like that. Okay. So. What, what year was this? Sorry. This was a uh, 2005. Okay, Sounds so pretty five. Recent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a couple weeks after that. Um, he came over to my house, and uh, we decided to have a, you know, sleepover at my house and um, stay outside. So it was pretty, it was pretty warm outside because we didn't really need much. We just had a few blankets out, and that was all we needed. Um, so we were outside, and this was this one was a uh, probably. Um, around midnight so we saw that um the the triangle one before and we just got so we we just tried to go outside and you know during that summer and try and see as much as we could because it really fascinated us and uh, we really thought it was cool so it was me my friend and then my little sister because you know you know little siblings they'll always like to follow you around <laughs> so so we're outside and uh i move my trampoline in a way so um, so we could see as much as we could around us um, just being in a backyard in the middle of the city but they're not it's not a really a really big city so you can see quite a bit um, so we were um, hanging outside and just talking this is probably about midnight and I just like see this really tiny red dot in the sky um, in front of us. So I'm just like looking at it, trying to think, okay, is there a cell phone tower or some kind of tower over there? And I'm just like thinking to myself that I don't remember any tower over being there. So probably about five or 10 minutes go by and it's just this red dot, not blinking, just kind of sitting there. Um, and as I'm staring at it, it just starts to get a little bit bigger. And like, I can see it visibly growing in size. So, you know, I've watched a lot of UFO stories. I know how this happens where, where you don't want to get abducted, probably. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. No. So I'm a, I had my, you know, eight-year-old sister outside, so Big Brother Instinct kicked in. So I'm like, I just, like, see it growing. So I just, like, yell at everyone to get down and get under the blankets. Like, like 
I knew what was happening. Like somehow I knew what it was. So we get under the blanket and probably not two minutes later, this cigar shaped craft flies over my house, directly over my house, directly over where we were um, sitting at. Um, and it was, it was way too close to be anything, anything else. It was like close to the ground. I'm not even near an airport. So, uh, it was probably, uh, just a little bit, you know, higher than my actual house, uh, and about three times as large. And like this thing just flies over us, doesn't make any sound whatsoever. And I know I could clearly make it out because there's three huge lights on the bottom of it. Um, and it just flies over the house and we're just sitting there under the blanket, like amazed or <laughs> watching this. My poor sister's like kind of getting freaked out a little bit. And it, like it, as it, after it flies over us, like I, we watch it and it just like flies away and out of sight in less than a minute. Okay. What, what did you get? Uh, I mean, could you tell what it was made of? I mean, was it metallic looking or? Um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a craft of some sort. Like, I didn't have any wings on it. Um, like I said, it was a cigar-shaped, three big old lights on the bottom in sequence. Um, like, definitely nothing I've ever seen or heard. I mean, I've heard of cigar-shaped UFOs, but definitely not any, any military craft or anything. Because I wasn't even near um, any airport or anything else. Yeah, no, I only asked the uh, I only asked if whether it was metallic because obviously pe some people may think it was uh, some sort of airship kind of thing, you know. Right. You you got the pr the impression it was a solid, a solid object. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so with the first one being a triangle, did you get any sense at all? Any feelings, strange feelings with that one, or was it just like seeing an air, you know, a conventional aircraft? Um, like it didn't. From what I saw, I mean, it was is middle of the night, so it was pretty dark. But um, like, it didn't look like because I saw pictures of those. I've seen pictures of those military crafts, the triangle ones. It didn't look like that. It just looked like a triangle, and that's about all I can say that it looked like. I didn't get any other impressions about it. I mean, did it scare us? Like, we actually got really excited when we saw it. Um, yeah. but that's mainly because we like that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe. I mean. That is the general sort of feeling with those ones. I mean, most people uh, who see the triangle um, don't have any adverse feelings towards it. They almost see it as just like an ordinary, you know, you know, possibly. And there is some speculation that these are military vehicles, so that, you know, kind of tie in with that. But what about the cigar-shaped object? Then did you get any strange feelings with that one? Um, yeah. It was, well, like, when I saw it, when I saw the red, because it was just a red light at first, like, I couldn't make anything else yeah. out, but as soon as I saw it getting bigger and coming towards us, like, I just got terrified, like, like, I did not want us to be standing up when it flew over us. I wanted to make sure that we were as hidden as we possibly could be, because I did not want anything bad happening to us. So, like, like I didn't even know really what it was, because it was just a red, red light, like, I don't see how any to be any way that I could know what it was ahead of time. I just got a bad feeling. I'm like, get down, get under the covers, get out of sight. Like, we don't want this thing seeing us. Mm. See, I think it's interesting that you had, the, you know, that bad feeling. I, I don't know where that comes from. Uh, maybe it's this, you know, whatever 
this air, air if we call it aircraft, whatever it's powered by, maybe that gives off some sort of magnetic field. And obviously, we know uh, EMF can can cause hallucinations and feelings of uh, being watched and distressed. So, in you know, maybe it ties in with that because obviously you say it was pretty low, um, <laughs> but you just don't know. Um, yeah. So, so where do you stand on? Now you've obviously seen two aircraft here. So, where do you stand on the old UFO phenomenon? Do you um, do you think that there could be something to this, alien-wise? I, I because I mean, there's really no other way of explaining it. Like, we don't have any vehicles that look anything like the one that we saw the second time. So. No, because I mean, you're introducing some uh, alternative energy, aren't you? If you can make something like that stay in the airborne. Right, exactly. We have nothing like that that we know of. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. so that's UFOs. Then obviously you've got a ghost story, uh, which is you know initially why you came here because obviously you, you posted this on the hangout and it was a very interesting story. And obviously I contacted you and then uh, I thought it would be best to get it in your words rather than to me read it out. Or you know. okay. so, um, so. Ha- Obviously, you, you're in America now. You're in Utah. So how, what what was the situation? Why were you in the Philippines? I was actually serving a mission for my church. So we go out for two years to another country. Okay. And so and, you know, I was chosen to go there. So I, we went over there to um, do our whole church mission thing. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So, how... <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the story then did you get any sense because from my understanding of, of, of the philippines that the, the people there sort of have um a more if you don't want to say liberal but a more um i guess liberal is the right word really <laughs> sort of uh yeah um you know connection with death that they, they don't it's a little bit different over here we kind of fear it particularly in the uk um but over there, they sort of embrace death, and they have they have like you know rituals about it, and you know big, big celebrations even. Uh, similar, I suppose, to South America. There's some like you know day of the dead kind of thing. Did you um did you come across anything like that when you was there? Um, I mean, yeah, they they're very um the good word would be put it is uh. Paranoid, I guess. <laughs> they, yeah. they, uh, they're they're cultured. It's they believe in a lot of um, supernatural things. Like there's tons and ton, like way more cryptids I think over there than any other place, uh, any other country. Like they have so many and so many different beliefs. But yeah, like um, whenever we told ghost stories and stuff, like, like when people would tell me them or be visiting somebody, like they weren't. A, you know, really, really scared of ghosts mm. too much. I mean, some of them were when they felt like they were, um, you know, not good, like bad spirits. But for the most part, they really embraced it. Like we talk about it, like nonchalantly, like everyday type deals. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, the the exact opposite to over here. I mean, we don't talk about it. We don't I mean. Right. The UK, we don't talk about a lot of things, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, so fire away then, you know, tell us this story. Okay. So I was there in between 2011, 2013. Um, so this, this occurred during uh, about 2012. 
So I was living in this area for three months and it was me and this companion that I had that we as a missionary had to go into. So, you know, we didn't get kidnapped or killed or whatever um, because we're Americans in this. But um, it's just basically for safety reasons. Um, So we were there and we got there and my first day there, um, uh, I got there, we transferred, we got on the bus and everything in the morning. So I got there probably around 11 o'clock. And then around um, two o'clock till nine o'clock, we go out teaching and stuff. So, so at eleven o'clock, I bring my stuff in, and um, you know we get everything. Um, start getting unpacked and everything, and we go out. So when we get back at nine o'clock at night, uh, I was I went into my bedroom while my companion was taking a shower to start unpacking my things because I had so much stuff that I needed to unpack. I didn't get a chance to do dirt during the day. So I had the light on and I'm just unpacking. And all of a sudden the light just turns off. And I'm just like looking around, like wondering what the heck's going on. So I go over there and like try flipping the light switch and nothing. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just gonna, I guess I can't see anything. So I'm gonna go out in the hallway because all the other lights were on. It was just the light in my room that kept turning off. So I go out and then like probably about five minutes later, it turns back on randomly. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is has something to do with some electrical um, issue in just in the room, the light bulb maybe flickering off and on or whatever. So I'm like, okay, so I didn't really think too much of it. And I go back in there. And about five or ten minutes later, it just turns off again. Like, so I'm like kind of wondering what the heck's going on. My companion comes out of the bathroom and he's all done by now. And I'm like, dude, I think something's wrong with our electricity in the room because there's absolutely, like, it's it keeps turning on and off. And he just starts gig- or chuckling. And I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, that's just our ghost. I'm like, this is a missionary apartment. Like, I highly doubt it's going to be haunted. Like, that was my mindset. So, like, you know, that was all that happened that night. But in the morning, I, I wake up and, like, I am just exhausted. I completely drained out of all energy like I, I got up and I stepped on my floor and like I almost had to take a knee because I was so incredibly dizzy like it was it was super weird because I never had experienced anything like that before like I slept all night long like I didn't have any problems sleeping at night I just wake up and I'm just completely drained of all my energy so like I'm just like so like I'm just like oh we go out during the day and we go to visit this member you know, so I can visit all the members of my church around the area so we can kind of get a, our uh, feet on my feet on the ground. And she's like, oh, how did you sleep? And I'm like looking at her. Like I never, I didn't tell anybody how I felt that morning. I just thought it was really weird. I'm like, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Like I, I feel really, really drained. Like I couldn't believe how dizzy I was this morning. And she's just laughing. She's like, oh, that's the ghost in your apartment. He likes to sleep with all the new missionaries that come into the apartment. And I'm like, that's unsettling. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, so maybe there is something to this because uh, like, like I didn't know what to expect. I, I couldn't under- explain what, explain it. So we get back, so after our, our morning routine, we um, visiting with people. We come back for a couple hours. 
um, during that day before we go out for the rest of the day. And I needed to, my companion was at uh, his desk and his desk was on the other side of the room. Um, and he was just reading, reading books and everything. So I needed to grab something out of my bag, my suitcase, I think it was like a pencil or something. So I go over there and I'm like grabbing it and I turn around and from my room, I didn't have a door hinge on it. So I could see uh, our refrigerator. And on our refrigerator, I had one of my um, water bottles. It was one of those really big filter water bottles. And it was in the middle between the back of the fridge and a huge box that we had so we could put our canned food and stuff in. So it, there's no way it could just fall off, fall off the refrigerator. It's kind of squished between the two. So I turn around and I see the water bottle levitate straight up in the air and it hovers over the box of canned food and falls directly straight on the ground in front of the refrigerator. And I, I go out, I, I see this and I'm like, go out there and I look at my companion. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, and he like looked at me, he's like, with like shock on his face. He's like, I didn't do that. Like that wasn't me. And I'm like, okay. I definitely believe you now that it's haunted. <laughs> so I got get pretty excited because I like this stuff. And I'm just like, get my camera out. It's just a cheap little camera. We couldn't really have a lot of technology with us um, there. So like, I take a camera out and I'm just like yelling out random names. I'm like, okay, let's try and find the name of this ghost. So I'm just like yelling out these random names. And uh, I'm just like pointing it at the fridge because I'm like, okay, maybe it's there. And... I say, okay, Christian, come walk in front of the in front of the fridge so I can take your picture. And at that exact moment, the shadow of a person walks behind the window that's right next to the fridge, and it's just tempered glass, so you can't really see anything out of it. Um, it's just kind of bumpy glass, okay. and and I see the shadow just walk right by it, and I'm just like, there is no way. So I go outside. Absolutely nobody outside. The only way in and out of our property is through a gate that makes a ton of noise when you open it. And there was absolutely nothing like that. So I'm just like kind of shocked right now. Um, my companion actually told me that before I showed up there, there was one time they came home and like all their books on their bookshelf was stacked directly in the middle of the room, like neatly stacked. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was definitely weird. Um, so, I mean, that was like, I think that was the last instance. There was one night where I was just sleeping and like, I like look up and um, our, we had, we got a door on that by then and the door was open um, pretty much all the way on, it was actually my closet, sorry. My closet door was open and like, I look up and then I just see the closet door like from completely open and it just closes. So I'm like, okay, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, about a month and a half later, we get two more missionaries. So we got four missionaries in the apartment, and we really didn't have. Uh, they didn't really anticipate that, so we like had to sleep on the floor. So like, there was a couple mattresses, but we decided we all just sleep on the floor. So we're in the we're in the uh, living room, and we're all sleeping on the floor in our separate little areas. And like the one of the missionaries, he just they just keep sitting straight up. Like I, I'm a pretty light sleeper, so I can kind of notice when people move around at night. 
but they just keep sitting straight up and just like looking around like you know every couple hours like i'm like wondering what's going on like and then like during the night we could hear the grocery bags and everything on our table just sound like someone's just like crumpling them up and throwing them around the table and i asked him the next day you know what was going on he's like like i i could have sworn that um, i kept feeling somebody poke me in the face and every time i got up to look and see who's doing that. Like we had, he thought that one of us was accidentally kicking him or something, but we were nowhere near him. But he kept getting poked in the face, like periodically throughout the night, which I thought was kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's basically all the experiences we had mm. um, from, from what I experienced and understand, I got the kind of a feeling that it was some sort of child. Cause like all the stuff that it does, it only does it to new people. And all the stuff it does is kind of like, like what a child would do. Like he's having a, you know, ball of a time just messing with people. Yeah, I mean, that rifling through uh, carrier bags, you know, I've, I've had that. Um, and it's, you know, I was just laid in bed and I could, I could, just like somebody looking for something in, in the bottom of a bag, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. rumbling and. And then that stopped, and then it went across to the other side of the room, and there was another carrier bag, and it it started looking through that one. Um, obviously, I thought it was so that one of the animals had got in there. They got, got a couple of cats at the time. Right. Um, jumped out of bed, put the light on, had a look around. No cat. Went downstairs. Both the cats downstairs. Um, so, but also within a few nights of that, we we actually saw a bottle. Uh, not quite levitate, but turn around on its own. Just a water bottle that we had on the uh, the nightstand, uh, just literally turn around. So, and that's a really weird feeling. And, and you had obviously something similar with this this water bottle that you saw. I mean, you say you saw it at levitate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what what's going through your mind when you see something like that? I mean, it went like really quickly. Like it was like in the span of a couple seconds. It just like. It just it looked like someone picked it up and yeah. moved it over to the edge of the table and dropped it. So yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it was super quick. So I just my first instinct was that had to be my companion. Like, how did you do that? Like, I, but I go out there and he's just had this shocked look on his face. He's like, that wasn't I didn't do that. So I mean, it wasn't scary or anything. I like I said, when when stuff happens, I don't really get scared of it. Like, I get really excited. I'm kind of weird like that, but <laughs> well, yeah. I know, I know, I do the same, but um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, aliens is one thing. I can explain aliens quite easily. You know, there's life on this planet, and there'll be life on other planets. No problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cryptozoology. There's plenty of creatures that we've run across in the past. Um, we had no ray, uh, you know, reference for. Then, then obviously, at some point, we we catalogued these creatures. So. Could there still be something out there we we don't catalogued yet? Yes, possibly. I can understand that. But the ghosts, the ghost is is for me. It's the one that I have the most trouble with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what they are. I don't know why they're here. Um, I, I just got. I've got no ideas of what's going on with ghosts. And there's different. Seems to be different types of ghosts as well. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're coming from a religious background as well. So, what, what's, what's your gut feeling with what this ghost was or what it wanted? I know you mentioned it was possibly a child, but what do you think it was trying to get out of you? 
you know, ghosts for, for me, it's kind of like, like we, we think that we know that they're uh, spirits of people that moved on and they're all kinds of different people. There are kids, adults, they're good people, bad people, you know, they, so, but like, like you said, there's so many different kinds of them. It's, it's, it's definitely an odd subject. Um, but for, as the one that was in the apartment, I didn't feel anything bad from it. Um, I mean, it was a little, a member told me he was sleeping with me that night. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. But <laughs> other than that, that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't trying to harm us. I, it never tried, you know, I never got any scratches, nothing like that. It never tried to scare us during the night. It just kind of like messing with us like a kid would like. Like, you know, you're taking a nap and like a little kid comes over and starts poking your face and like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping? Like, oh, you should be yeah, paying yeah. attention to me. Like, just stuff like that. I think like that's why I felt it was a, uh, some kind of kid because it does a lot of the stuff it did is what a kid would do. It just likes to mess with people, you know, has a fun time playing around and making people nervous and scared and stuff. Yeah. So just curiosity then, basically. Yeah. I mean, like, like going through the garbage bags, um, you know, enjoying turning off and on the lights when someone's in there. Like, it's just stuff, some simple stuff like that. Very interesting. Well, you know, UFOs, ghosts, you've, you've had it all, haven't you? So, uh, I mean, the only thing left for you is, uh, is a Bigfoot. Do you have them out yeah. there where you are? We actually do. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, I was, I was hoping to, be able to save up enough to go on a camping trip this summer to go up there and see what, you know. I mean, I, obviously, I'm not expecting to find anything, but I think it would be fun. I've looked into it. There's like, but there's like no dogman sightings over here, which is really odd because usually where Bigfoot is, there's dogmen like we're talking about a lot. Mm. So, well, we'll have to go and see because I don't know if it's that predominant over here or if people just don't know about people over on the side of the the states well i hope you um well i wish you good luck <laughs> so <laughs> but uh but yeah no thank you very much for joining me um you know fascinating interesting stories so thank yeah, you very thank much. you yeah thanks and i'll be sure to um keep in touch with you and then if anything else happens in the future on your bigfoot trip uh <laughs> we want to hear about that too okay sounds good thanks yeah, Cheers, mate. Yeah, right. Okay, so a couple of interesting stories there. I hope you enjoyed them. Obviously, short show this week because we're not actually here. Um, and I'm away next weekend, so I'm not sure when the next show will come out. As soon as possible. But you know, thank you very much for joining us. And have a great week. And we will see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back.